0: Hi, and welcome to the State of the Net podcast. I'm Paolo Valdemarin. And I'm Ewan Semple. And this is episode number... 11. Oh. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I think that everybody had seen that video of the voice control <laughs> elevator.
1: We can only hope. If not, go to YouTube, do a search for Scottish voice control lift and 11.
0: Yeah, or I, I think you could just search for
1: eleven, and you will find. Really it. Really, <laughs> it's become that famous, has it? <laughs> yep.
0: Well, it has been a while since our last episode, and uh, there have been a number of good and bad and terrible news uh, <laughs> recently, and just uh, the world for you. And uh, a few of them were related to to social media, and uh, I think that maybe. I mean, the one thing that we were most recently discussing was the fact that in Sri Lanka, after the attacks on on Easter Day, they, they turned off um, social media, and uh, some say that life were saved uh, because of that, because uh, you know that kind of prevented this uh, uh, very quick uh, distribution of. Uh, unfunded uh, gossip that uh, in that kind of environment might have caused uh, attacks on minorities or or other type of reactions. On the other hand, as you were
1: saying, it's a slippery slope. Well, just even as I hear you describing that again, I mean, I haven't read into it enough, but you know, even just that, that statement turned off social media, you think, hmm, how did they do that? How did that work? Who did it for them? Blah, blah, blah. And then that thing about unfounded gossip. I mean, in a in a post-truth, fake news world, best of luck with that one. Um, and you know, you're in a very sticky wicket trying to argue against something that is claiming that it saved lives. But you know, I was saying to you, Paolo, that I remember when my father had a, a motorbike accident a number of years ago, and it was at the time when there were riots around the UK, some of which were happening in Bristol which is where the hospital was that he was in and I was sitting up on, on the, the downs above Bristol being very grateful for being able to do a hashtag follow on on Bristol and see what was happening in the city and where the risks were or weren't and at the same time David Cameron was muttering about turning off Twitter and social media for similar reasons to those given in Sri Lanka and you know, again, it's one of these areas that we're not, we're not, you know, it's not clear what the right thing to do is. I mean, we sort of haven't had this kind of mass instant making sense of things available to us before. And, and you know, previously we've talked about the need or the otherwise for regulation, and I've obviously taken the stance for less regulation rather than more. But I don't think that means that it's unregulated. You know, I just think it's, it's something that we all need to think about and care about rather than just expecting somebody else to to sort out for us.
0: Well, you know, I, I think that there are, I think that, as usual, complexity here plays a key role and uh, probably comparing the situation of a country that last had a civil war in 1651, I think, to one that just finished killing each other, killing each other, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a relatively short time ago, it's not fair. I mean, shutting no. down social media in England uh, is ridiculous because there is somebody protesting on the street. Shutting down social media in a place where lynching mobs might be a con- tru- truly <laughs> possible. Who uh, you knows what the near future
1: might hold, though, Paolo.
0: Um, I know, I'm, we, we, and and then we might, and and then after the second uh, uh, British Civil War, we should, we might have to turn back off social media yes. here as well. Uh, but uh, I mean, I, I guess the point is, there it's very hard to say there is one common yeah, rule that totally. applies to everything. And I, I I know I'm stating the obvious, but uh, every time I hear. Oh, they shut down social media in Sri Lanka. Oh, that's terrible. Nobody should ever be doing that. Said, well, nobody's doing it here. They did it there for a day. And uh, they had reason. According to some, that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that we need to, to, to. I mean, at the same time, we, there were the protesting, the, uh, all the protests in central London that, that were terrible because some people actually got late at work. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, and other people found uh, people glued to their door, apparently. But, uh, I mean, all that was coordinated with social media, and it makes total sense, and it's, uh, and it's good that it happens. And I think that no one thought of turning off social media. So, you Ooh, know, there
1: whoa, are... Oh, hang on. Also, look, look, maybe no, some no, of it. Well, yeah. I mean, in the sense that there are uh people who, you know, we've got a very polarised politics at the moment. And I'm sure extremes on both sides would quite happily turn off the other side. Um, and what might seem to us as a reasonable, balanced difference of opinion can feel intimidating and deeply challenging. I mean, I had this happen on my own Facebook threads where a degree of feeling that, that flummoxed me um, became apparent through relatively innocuous statements. Um, and so I think especially in a time where that level of volatility or, or intensity is around, um, we just need to be very careful who has the hand on the switch uh, and, and and what they do with it, I think. And
0: uh, well, I mean, to be honest, I don't think that there is a... a that many chances of in the Western world. I mean, let's keep in mind that there are plenty of countries with social media are off because they're yeah. blocked. Uh, and, uh, and some are big successful countries and, uh, or uh, at least to, to some measure. But um, I don't think that anybody is threatening to switch off social media here today. But at the same time, I'm thinking if on your Facebook page, with your social network, remember how many times we said that you know we are we have the clever people in our social network because mm-hmm. we're so cool and so good at maintaining it, and still you had these uh, riots of people calling names and and and, and this is the smart <coughs> people that we have on our social media. This is the smart people we're talking about those that are supposed to be better at communicating. And they're failing miserably. And we are failing. I mean, I'm not saying anything. I mean, I was following the the, the discussion on, on on your page yesterday. And I was feeling sad because I was thinking I, I would like to be able to be part of this conversation. I would like to be able to reach out on the other side. But I can't. I, I have no idea how to do that. I I truly
1: don't know how
0: to approach it.
1: It's interesting because, in in microcosm, this (laughs) apparently trivial example has elements of the bigger picture in the sense that I was, I let it run, um, partly because I'm thinking, well, you know, these are grown ups, they're people I know. Who am I to tell them how to behave? So I didn't intervene at the time that the the, the cat fight was happening. Um, I, and sometimes that's a valid response, is just to let things run their course and run out of steam and people end up, and sometimes letting them resolve things themselves, I know from experience as far, is, is the best outcome, if you like. And if you intervene too early, then you prevent that from happening. But what I did do was write a post later in the day calling for... Order. Order. <laughs> As I said in the post, sounding like the Speaker of the House of Commons. But just, you know, I do believe that we need to learn how to conduct ourselves in these spaces. Not everybody, even people who've been around for a long time, appear to know, and I'm not saying that I know, I'm not telling them how to do it, but I think we all need to work out the ups and the downs and the pros and the cons of behaviours that are productive or otherwise collectively online. And the only way we'll do that is by having meta-conversations about that. You know, what works, what doesn't, what hurts, what doesn't. Um, and I feel a sense of urgency because, you know, we, we need to do this more. And in fact, it was interesting listening to um, the podcast that Joe Rogan and, and Russell Brand did together because they were talking about this, about the power of the sorts of conversation that they were having. So, I mean, these are two guys, both of whom I love their podcasts, they're arguably at not opposite ends of the spectrum, but they're coming from a very different background and a different sort of perspective on life, and but meeting in the middle. And, and listening to them working out where that middle was and having the luxury of a three-hour podcast in which to do it felt like a good thing to do and was so far away from the normal ding-dong, equal sides, everybody has to have their fair share on a news broadcast nonsense that means that Farage keeps getting his face on the telly. Um, you know, so I think, again, that we've got the means at our disposal to work out better ways to work out how to rub shoulders on these types of issues.
0: So do you think that, that it would make sense to invite two of the characters of yesterday's conversation to our next podcast and and have a go at it? not about the actual discussion that they were That's having a but a discussion idea. yes but a discussion about the 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 meta level it's about the conversation Actually, we should. I mean, it's a podcast. A I'm 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 editing it. If anybody mentioned Brexit once, <laughs> I will just beep it. I mean, it's, it's a, well. It's I was just going to say you
1: you'll be you'll be struggling to keep to your uh, your beloved half hour long podcast. I think in that oh, case. Probably. but I
0: mean, I don't I don't have to do half an hour.
1: But I mean, I'll or
0: or I can edit it down to half an hour. I can just remove. I can just speed it up. Yeah, well,
1: you sound like a proper broadcaster, but. It could be an interesting experiment. Yes, let's, let's, let's explore that possibility.
0: I mean, okay, maybe we should start for somebody simpler from your two friends.
1: <laughs> <laughs> are you feeling the, sort of, uh, the fear in my voice, are you?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm familiar with, with, with some of them. Let's
1: try to keep this as, as um, hard to decipher as possible, Paolo
0: yes but anyway it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's it would be triangulated <laughs> exactly. but but uh, um uh, if the meta conversations is what need to yeah. happen no i agree how can we make how do you instigate that, them? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah how we instigate them because and and how do we try to to get these conversation to percolate uh, uh you know, to the rest of the, of of the, of the internet. Well, it's
1: really interesting because there was somebody on Facebook having a kind of knee-jerk reaction to Joe Rogan and, and assuming that he was part of a kind of alt-right thing or whatever. And I kind of had to say, have you you listened to any of his podcasts, you know? And, and they had, but not very many. And they they were only the ones that were contentious, if you like. And because this is what I believe he's doing and, and in another direction, Russell Brand as well, is, is not excluding people that he disagrees with and finding out from them what they think. And, again, that instinct to understand uh, and that curiosity as to why people think the way they do, genuinely, not in a patronising way, I think I think is key. Um, and it always worries me when people just make assumptions about... and, and, and leap to extreme assumptions about people... Um, but it's tough. I mean, and you know, the internet's a scary place. And I occasionally decide to go and have a look. Like, <laughs> I don't know if we talked about this in the last podcast, but I lifted the lid on QAnon uh, the other day there on 4chan, and uh, quickly put the lid back down <laughs> again because it's just this incredible. Uh, it's like going back to the early days of alt rec misc binaries. You know, it's just the the internet mm-hmm. at its worst sort of thing. Um, and it's obviously still there and it, and that's not that's not an easy place to go into or try and do anything about you know
0: well i guess that uh, what is interesting is that uh, we have this phenomena that has been around for what 30 years now and uh, and, and they're layered. So, you know, there is thing that was around 30 years ago, thing that was around 20 years ago, there was things that were, wasn't around 10 years ago, and then there are things that are happening today. Yeah. And, uh, and there are things that we don't even uh, uh, realize or we're not completely, completely... I mean, I was reading earlier today uh, that uh, the so Snapchat is uh, on... Reaching ninety percent of uh, Americans uh, in the sixteen to thirty years uh, bracket. Gosh, I thought. And, thinking, I thought and I think yeah. I have, and I think, and I, I wasn't even aware that Snapchat is a thing. Actually, Snapchat uh, just announced uh, their quarterly results and they're doing pretty well their business is growing they're doing things
1: i thought once uh um, whatsapp or not whatsapp instagram started having stories that the that kids had drifted away from instagram uh, from yeah I,
0: I i kind of had that feeling too yeah. yet it, there is this huge thing that exists so i think it's interesting there are huge things from the past which are still there and uh, we are not. We're kind of aware of, and then there are huge things of the future that are we are also not aware
1: of. Well, and if, even that. I mean, having the two young daughters. I mean, uh, I mentioned TikTok to mm-hmm. to Hannah the other day there, and she, she, you know, I think she and her friends are sort of steering away from it as kind of like self indulgent and self promotion, and it's interesting how, you know, again contrary to what many people assume, the kids are very discriminating about. Uh, which tools they use and what for and what they get from them, you know and um, that that level of maturity I think is spreading you know I think that that how we how we deal with some of the problems that we've been touching on about trolling or extremes or just learning how to speak effectively and deferentially to each other is, is something that I think actually kids are learning maybe faster than the rest of us. don't know.
0: Well, one would hope so, even if, to be honest, at this point we already have generations of adults that uh, have... Known the internet or the older yeah. life and but still they don't are get it right. not necessarily <laughs> the, yeah. the, but you know maybe the first generation wasn't particularly good i mean i I love seeing interaction with i mean the, the, I have a few my, all my nephews and nieces are uh, we are connected on Instagram and a few other networks and uh, very regularly I post uh, photos of booze and they all like it and, <laughs> and find it kind of yeah. embarrassing. Uh, but it's interesting to see how some interaction work and it's uh, and it's different from it's different from our yes. approach, where we see this as a publishing platform. We see this as a place where we, you know we create some for future generation to find and read, which of Ooh, well, it's of we? course not not the case.
1: I don't. Mm.
0: I, to, to some degree I, I still perceive the, the I, I, To be honest I'm not publishing Anything anywhere anymore <laughs> uh, But uh, except for you know Some photos on, on Instagram But I still kind of see this as a publishing Platform I've
1: always seen it as pretty ephemeral in fact, I was thinking about this the other day that Where I might, if I can face the effort Switch to um, back to um, uh, WordPress Rather than Squarespace Because some things about Squarespace are doing my head in at the moment and I thought, well, what if I lose all my, you know, that's now thir- uh, 17 years worth of blog posts, and part of me wouldn't be bothered, you know, because all that's ever interested me really is the conversations I'm having at any particular time, I'm never that convinced any of them, of have got any retrospective merit, um, so I don't, I, yeah, I never really feel much like I'm publishing, more that I'm instigating a conversation of some sort that's quite ephemeral, really.
0: Okay, I mean, it's it's. I guess that there are we, we all come to this from different. Uh, Which is what uh, we were uh, saying before we started,
1: wasn't it? Yeah. That you have, exactly. You have to remember that when you're having when you're talking to people, that, that their perspective of what's happening could be quite different from yours. You know.
0: In any case, I think that the good takeaway from this episode is uh, as and you know it would be falling perfectly within the scope and the and the mission of, of state of the net. Uh, trying to trigger more meta conversations around, uh, uh, and and possibly trying to bridge between these different yes. uh, uh, points of view of, of or at least finding
1: th- a way for them to connect and talk. Yes, yes,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not expecting anybody to leave and agree, but I, I yeah. would expect me to have a better understanding of, so, of different points of view.
1: So, as a as a way of. Um, <laughs> Something else that happened in between this and the last podcast was Julian Assange.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Good guy, bad guy, hero, villain. What do you reckon?
0: Well, it's again, it's a very complex situation, so <laughs> it's, it's it's hard to say. I mean, overall, I must say that I do not have a very positive opinion. In the sense that, uh, uh, in the sense that uh, releasing batch of stolen information in uh, what is, and uh, some might say, unfiltered and uncontrolled, on the other one I say, irresponsible way, is not the adult thing to do. Because it's saying, okay, we don't like how information works today, fine, I agree. We don't think that, uh, uh, that we, we think that that there is the need of a change, it's fine and agree. You take stuff that you know is coming from Russian intelligence services and you publish it with the purpose of possibly annoying somebody who is uh, after you. Ah. Uh, I mean, fun, but I'm not exactly sure that was a clever thing to do and that I agree. Having said that, I don't think that he should be rotten in a cell probably for for this. Uh, I don't think that what the way America is going after him, and let's remember it was mostly Obama's America and it's not even Trump's America, um, it's, uh, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's sick. It, I mean, I guess the only good news is that there is a free room at the Ecuadorian embassy, and apparently the queen is to yes, get that, there yes. while Trump is
1: in town. What, claiming immunity. I mean, it's it's interesting because I think you know there is a lot there is much not to like about the guy himself, um, and it, and it gets muddied up with that to some extent. I think uh, reading some thoughtful journalists about the risks of, and, you know, we could argue again whether he's a journalist or not, but it has implications for investigative journalism. If you're digging into a truth that makes states uncomfortable, in fact, it sort of goes back to the Sri Lankan thing that we talked about at the beginning of the, the podcast. There are consequences of not being concerned about that, and I think the nature of the diplomatic relationships between different countries, between Sweden, between Britain and America, um, are are complicated and interesting in this case as well. And also, you know, I don't know, the, I can't remember the details, but if I remember correctly, it wasn't WikiLeaks that actually sent out the unredacted content. It was a third party. But so I think, yes, I think it's it would be, it would seem... Disproportionate oh, to, to, mean, I, to, to, to completely, you know. To, I think the response will be disproportionate against Assange, and that seems I, wrong. Look, I mean, I,
0: look, I also think that there are different uh, moments in time, and uh, there are different actions that have been taken, and they should be judged on their own. So, yeah. the when, when there was the the Chelsea Manning uh, leaks, okay, probably of course the American government would have never allowed that. Uh, it was it was good that that some of those things came out probably if it would have been done in a way more similar to you know what the the leaks a few years later look at the snowden files yeah. okay the, the way snowden i think that the way snowden leaks were managed was better than the way chelsea manning uh, uh leaks were managed mm-hmm. uh, but in any case i'm not too concerned about that. Even if, even recently, I read uh, of a huge conspiracy theory, uh, where in I think in India, which is where these things are quite popular, which is based on one of the cables that were leaked, right. and it's completely based on nothing, but it's based on the misreading of a private conversation. Yeah. You know, from some point of view, I think that they were very interesting. Le- hearing how people really talk about uh, each other in, in, in their backs is interesting. And it's, you know, honestly, was I expecting it any difference? Of course not. I mean, of course these people have a meeting. I mean, how many times you had a meeting and then you report to your colleagues and what you say in a meeting, in, in the report, is not what you would want yeah. the people you just met to, to hear. It's natural. So being scandalized about that is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, the leak of the Democratic Party emails were clearly there with a very specific purpose of uh, favoring one party during the elections. Now, that was also going through WikiLeaks, uh, and that bit, pff, I mean, did we really need to know that? Was that part of transparency? Was it? I mean, you release that data in that specific moment in time, mm. and you don't realize that that is going to have consequences. So I mean, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a little bit, a little. I mean, yes, of course, you. We need more transparency. There is, there is, but there is such thing as context as as we were saying earlier there is not one rule that fits everything
1: nor is there one sense of right that fits everything Um, absolutely and that's what i think we're kind of struggling with you know it's almost like that person who once said to me it was better in the old days when you just knew that the news told you the truth Mm -hmm. the bbc (laughs) (laughs) exactly let's be specific that's right well that was never true um did the best and there was a you know a, a rigor around it that you could have some confidence blah 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 I'm not saying it wasn't it was rubbish but I sort of am as well in the sense that that simpler world never really existed it just looked simpler because you didn't get faced with the to- types of choices that we're now being faced with and it is this thing of minefield of motivation uh, ideology uh, a a technology that goes too fast for us to work out what the hell we're doing with it before the consequences become apparent um that is both terrifying and exciting at the same time you know all right
0: you know the, the challenge is that as a society we need to be able to reach a consensus on something because i mean we need to have laws and we need to have rules the problem is that simply find the decision process in order to get to these laws and rules doesn't work and this is this is yes. what most populists are doing i mean yes. populism is uh you know applying simple solution to very complex problem that are not actually solution but exactly. people tend, t- tend to tend to resonate and, and you
1: know as we both know the institutions that we would normally expect to deal with these things aren't keeping up either and and you know that's been the Part of what my work has been about is trying to get into these places and help, but it's not. It's not been. It's not been easy, no. you know, because they don't want help. They don't. They don't see the problem yet. Half of them.
0: No, but but that is the same reason why when I when I saw the TED talk of the Guardian journalist uh, who presented a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know, in a very provocative way, at the end she showed this picture of a group of. Presumably, politicians sitting around the table with an empty seat uh, and uh, and the sign reading uh, "Mark Zuckerberg." Mark Zuckerberg didn't show up, and I was thinking, well, i I've, I've, she has a point on a number of uh, of uh, arguments, but we have seen Mark Zuckerberg interacting with uh, with a bunch of uh, politicians. I don't trust the politicians either. I mean, I don't trust yeah. Mark Zuckerberg, but I don't trust the politicians either because they, they have no clue about what he's talking about. Yeah. So, yes, we need to we need to to we all need to raise to a higher level, and this is proving to be more difficult. I think that there is probably also an aspect of uh, how comfortable we are we are with. Uh, uncomfortable situations. Yes. I I think that maybe today um and I don't know how much this is related to to how the internet has changed society or how society has been evolving by itself, but we have an expectation of everything going fine that uh, that is somehow not reasonable because things have never been that <laughs> exactly. fine. It was a myth. Is yeah, uh, yeah. is exactly is is uh, the 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 poor journalist who was was killed in in oh, Ireland yes, yes. Uh, and and you know the, from the report you have uh, you know a, a terrorist group which is a tiny group of people that you know, for whatever reason they are motivated and they want to create a problem. There's no way to stop that. I mean, there's no way you can stop a small group of very motivated uh, uh, people. It it, it will keep happening. And the truth is, it has been happening all along. Actually, it has been much less recently, but well, every time yeah. it happens now, it feels like. Uh, I was looking at a documentary the other day about how frequently. Airplanes were hijacked in the (laughs) seventies, and it was like multiple times per day. Oh yeah, American. I mean, it was happening all the time, and people were just living with it to say, "Oh, that that's bad," but you know, it's just something that happens. Yeah. But everything that happened in the post, I think that there is probably the 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 big moments are the post. uh, You know, 24 hours a day, news channels, and then the post-social media, where everything that happened can be hugely amplified. And because it is an attention getter, you can just pump it and pump it and make it bigger and bigger and bigger. We find ourselves in a situation where, by all means, I mean, every single person who died is an immensely sad thing. But we can't prevent that from happening. I mean, it will keep happening. Yeah. We just need to, be, to learn to be a bit more comfortable with that. We, we need to keep improving things, but when something goes wrong, it's going to be fine. Unless you're the one who dies, then in that case is going to be fine too.
1: Well, and even, and this is going to sound like a ridiculously extreme view, but you know, even the stuff about the global warming and its effects, and when people say they're concerned about the planet, and I always think, well, the planet's fine. You know, it'll survive, we'll, 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 we'll have gone. And, you know, we're a very, very short blip in the history of this planet anyway. And that understandable uh, uh, desire for longevity, and, you know, people say it all sounds a bit heartless, what about my kids? Well, but we're all going to, we are, you know, it's going to sound so trite, but we are all going to die someday. I mean, the thing that worries me more is the, is the amount of attrition and fighting and, and unpleasantness that will happen before the planet finally shrugs us off. Um, and that's sort of lurking in the background of a lot of the tensions at the moment as well, I think. Um, so, you know, and again, I feel so strongly that we have this tool, we have this ability to get our heads around issues, we can understand what's happening in terms of the planet, we have increasingly the means to do something about it. At a time when we really, really need to do that... Um, and we're still not learning how to do it fast enough.
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I must. I must admit that uh, listening to an interview to the the Swedish creator, the Swedish, Greta, the Swedish uh, student who's launching all the yep. recent protests, I was feeling a bit uncomfortable. I mean, I, I was feeling. I was thinking, saying, "Well, probably she's right and I'm wrong." I mean, she, it's time. And I, I'm using this. I'm quoting and I'm doing big. You know, air quotes around panic, but maybe it's time to panic a little <laughs> bit more. Uh, it, it's it's like it's like because I mean I I'm thinking of my I was thinking about myself and thinking saying oh you know I'm here I'm all conscious I'm all ready I, I believe in in global I'm totally think that global warming is a true thing I understand that it's going to be a serious situation, but what my what am I actually do I mean I as as we were saying before. I go shopping with my own plastic bag. That's pretty much all I'm doing for pro- for global warming. I mean and recycle a little bit. I mean it's it's maybe should it, maybe I should do something more. I'm not saying that protesting is a solution, but I'm not even doing that.
1: But that's see that so being uh oh, the scale of the problems can make people give up. They kinda go numb in the face of the challenge. And yet Actually, we have the solution more readily at hand than we think. And this is, you know, I'm not an activist. I'm not saving the planet and blah, blah, blah. But I am, in my little way, trying to help people have better, more productive and more um, useful conversations online. Because I think that that, and also I think in terms of how people perceive themselves and others and relate to each other, these are the kind of things I think about and write about. Because frankly, from my perspective, that's how we will solve the problem. We get into these problems because we externalize things. We think the outside world is going to make us happy. We see ourselves in competition and separate from other people. And until we sort that, we're not going to sort the big problems that are causing the planet to fall apart. So it's it's not that we can't do anything, you know.
0: I agree. I mean, you know, in the same way I could say, you know, I help People creating new companies and these companies all have a positive impact on society. This is one of the reasons why we pick them. Um, still, I'm not sure that there. Maybe there should be something more. I mean, maybe there should be something more that I could focus on that I'm not. Um, maybe there isn't. Maybe just too complicated. And uh, you know, just try to be good people and help others is good enough.
1: Uh, well, and I think in the long run. It, it it's all it takes. It's just that we've not been doing that for so long. Um, and actually, going back to your thing about happiness and, and about expecting things to work out and expecting things to be right and okay, um, that's a mindset. That's that's a projected, idealised future that didn't used to be the case. I mean, in the Middle Ages, you expected to have a short, British life, you know. Um, and maybe you acted better towards people... Because of that, I don't, you know, who knows? Um, but I do think it's at a personal and interpersonal level that the world's problems will only be sorted. Um, now, the fact that the Greta manages to get into places where she's accessing people who arguably have influence increases her leverage, um, but it's still genuinely, you know, it's one conversation at a time. Um And all you can do is try to have the best conversations with the best people for the best reasons
0: i, I think that I think that uh, we found a pretty good uh, uh, a pretty good thing to do for our homework. Uh, you're going to how long are you going to be in Australia?
1: Until the twenty first of May
0: Oh okay, that's
1: a pretty long trip. I'm doing lots of workshops with yeah. with well finally again you know with some senior people i um, trying to encourage them to take more active uh, measures to make this all turn out well. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to it.
0: All right. So, for all our listeners from Down unders, I think they can find the dates of your workshops on your website.
1: Uh, not on my website, but uh, the main thrust, the main workshops I'm doing are for Jobs Australia. And I think all the details are on their website.
0: All right, so thank you very much everybody for listening and uh, tune sometime next month for the next episode <laughs> of the State of the Head podcast.
1: See you next time. Bye.